did, I did have an incident of why are you wearing that? That you well, you can't mm. wear that to go and do X, Y, and Z. And that was the point where I was like, no, too fucking yeah. far, hun. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, come, don't come for my fashions. <laughs> don't come, don't come for my fashions. Exactly. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to Sextras. Where we talk about sex and all the extras. I'm Honey and my new life goal is that I'm gonna take over the economy because I recently <laughs> learned that it's dominated by men. Obviously we knew that, but 70% is dominated by men. So that's my new life goal. <laughs> yeah, the B of Wall Street. Yeah, Jane. that's what Maria's boyfriend's name yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i really support this goal honey i think it'll be great <laughs> yeah because you can make money while you sleep like why would you not do that <laughs> women have less money and less time as well so it's just like a life hack that we all need to get on i think yeah <laughs> okay excellent cool well hi guys <laughs> i'm maria and my fun fact is that one Christmas, my parents actually, well, my parents, Santa, actually gave us charcoal. Like, that actually happened in my life. Why? I don't know. And I have three siblings, and my little sister got presents, but, like, me and my brothers got charcoal. And we were just like, uh, right? Was it just, and like, a yeah. a lesson? Yeah, I think it was a lesson. But then, I don't know. But I mean, in the end, we went outside and there were presents. But like for the whole morning, it was just like this whole, like we were all just like, wow, we're really bad kids. Like really just, it was so, oh. But I think it's quite funny. Like I'm going to do that to my kids. <laughs> it's so mean. No, but like it was kind of a joke because in the end they gave us presents. But it was just kind of yeah, like I guess a, that's oh, fair. pranked. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like every story that's like this would never happen to your family that's happened to your family yeah legit <laughs> literally <laughs> uh, it's so ridiculous <laughs> anyway this week we are very excited to be joined by a lovely guest we went on her podcast called speak on which is all about topical issues culture and we spoke about sex education so you guys should go check that out but she is joining us this week to talk about toxic relationships how do you tell you're in one how do you get out of one and yeah just generally having a chat about that because we had some requests to do this episode so we're very excited to finally be doing it so please welcome Yolanda oh thank you <laughs> thanks so much for having me I'm really excited today we're so excited to have you <laughs> tell us your fun fact Yolanda we'd love to know <laughs> okay so my fun fact is I have a really strange phobia mm -hmm. I am scared of owl's legs <laughs> what I don't get it I don't like them I don't understand why they have them I don't understand why they're so long I don't understand and then they're like hidden <laughs> and you just don't know and then you just before you know it they are just 
literally <laughs> sauntering across the room <laughs> with their long, thin model legs in furry <laughs> leggings. And it's not right. It's not right. I don't like it. I don't know if I've I ever even it. seen them. Yeah, neither. What they look I like. never even thought of that. <laughs> Honestly, the first time I saw them for ages, I just never thought about it. I never thought about it. And then one day someone showed me a video and this owl, this woman was screaming. This owl was just literally just running around this room with this like crazy long legs. It's like, if you think about the size of its body, it's almost like its legs are tucked right up inside. Mm. I don't know. It's like the, it's like that its body looks like it's almost like a dress that's hiding them oh wow they're so long what the fuck and they're, they're like literally they have supermodel legs that's so it's too weird. much i don't like it i kind of want to know what they look like now i must have seen them is it just owls or like what about chickens what about similar kind of legs no no it's owls i don't like do you know what it is i don't mind chicken legs <laughs> i see them you can see them there they are and it's like you know they're cute they've got like you know they're a bit thick it's all right i don't know there's something about it that's like a not a bit scared not so scary but it's the owl legs it's like you're like oh it's like this cute bird oh it's all round mm. and stuff and then all of a sudden then it's like they just emerge it's like the slowly. hidden factor i don't yeah yeah like the witches yes, i don't like it like the square toes. <laughs> exactly i used to be so scared of that i would always like look at people's <laughs> shoes and be like do they have square toes secretly <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly i don't like i don't like it i don't like a scary room <laughs> i don't like it no <laughs> oh my god it's kind of like a great metaphor for toxic relationship <laughs> like it is, the you just don't legs. know yeah <laughs> exactly um, you just think you're there with this lovely plump owl and no just... <laughs> okay well should we dive into the segment then on that note okay so we asked you guys what is the most toxic or manipulative thing that someone's ever done to you so the first one is making your partner feel guilty about not wanting to hang out i feel like this is something that so many people do that yeah i feel like i do this all the time lol (laughs) (laughs) i guess no but everyone does this that's what i mean but i feel like there is a point where it gets to it being kind of toxic if it's like happening all the time or if you're literally like picking huge fights about them not seeing you every single day and shit like that i don't know Mm-hmm. I guess I'm, yeah. I I don't I don't take it to that extent but I feel like everyone like a little bit you're like you know when your boyfriend's like oh, okay I'm gonna go now and then you're like mm, do you have to go <laughs> no and like you, you know you, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> like and you make them feel like, a little bit bad but like it's not it's not full on kind of stop before it stops being cute yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next one if they call you names and or act patronizing i think this is like pretty blatantly toxic yes yeah definitely i think it can be stealthy though as well because sometimes it could be like oh this like a li- i've seen that happen with other people kind of just like oh it's a cute nickname but then if the if it goes too far but it's around the wrong people then that's where it kind of starts mm. to tip over into being slightly more toxic mm-hmm. if your partner's like don't call me that and then they just keep doing it. I feel like it would make you feel really bad about yourself. Like, because it's so blatant. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you're at this point, get out. Yeah. <laughs> get out yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Run while you can. <laughs> the next one is in friendships, treating me like I'm a toddler in a I'm better kind of way. Uh, I feel like if your friend is what? doing this, why why are you friends with them them? (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but you know when it gets into like 
a little it's like a weird kind of competitive vibe between friends and it's like you're kind of just like wanting as in like it's not a healthy friendship like obviously it's a toxic kind of friendship but you know those friendships that like it's just constantly wanting to like one up the other or like just Mm -hmm. one person making the other feel like shit yeah no for sure like i think a healthy amount of competition is good and it can be fun like you're just trying to play some games you know but in a healthy way (laughs) but then how do you draw the line yeah absolutely which actually i have a scenario for that when i was younger my mum was a youth worker um for like the town or the area the county that i lived in and because she was a youth worker a lot of her the kids that she used to look after they end up quite attracted to potentially mm. a parent that is better than theirs or better than their home life. So you, I ended up with lots of friends. I would say I don't speak to them now. I got to a certain point. I've been, always been very good with boundaries with friends and certain things. And I stopped talking to, I don't speak to many of them because essentially, I mean, they were having a, a rubbish time. So they weren't the most well-adjusted people. And they used to kind of behave in really toxic ways because they were like your mum's mm. better than mine so now I'm gonna act like a dick basically they didn't know they were doing it because they were children but I had a lot of that people just trying to do things yeah. to push you to the bottom mm. of the barrel so that they could feel better about themselves and their situation so they're not even aware they're doing it but honestly it's the moment they did it I was like yeah I'm tapping out <laughs> yeah nah, I'm done I don't need this Fuck it's that. fine <laughs> so, but I, it's something that I'm I have seen happen so many times yeah exactly it's mm-hmm. like I haven't got time for this it's all right I'm sorry your <laughs> life is shit but I don't want this yeah. <laughs> so I recognize that all too well yeah and that's the thing with the name calling and stuff like that as well it's like they are just trying to make you feel bad about yourself and you have to be able to recognize that and be like okay I, I'll be the better person and not take the bait and not try to match them just step out of it mm. the next one for friendships making fun of me a little too much in a hurtful way yeah oh my god this can this is such a like fucked up one because like sometimes you know like obviously between friends like you always make fun of each other and it's like just roasting each other and it's just banter and whatever which like a lot of the time it is but I like there's been a few times that like obviously I when I moved here I didn't speak English that well and like I had a really I used to have like a thicker accent and like a lot of words like I'll just say them weird or I can't pronounce them or whatever and like how you guys like our friendship group would always like make fun of me and like laugh and stuff and it's like it's always funny and whatever it's always light-hearted but then I remember this one time we were like at uh one of our friends house and you guys like kept doing it and it really kept fucking me off and I was like it's like it was like getting to the point that I was like this is like too insulting like I can't take it and then I just like stormed out and I was like fuck it I'm leaving and then you guys were like wait what are you actually serious and then I was like oh no I'm just getting pistachios haha and just played it off because then I was like so embarrassed that I felt like really insulted you know so I like so get that like oh it's fine like it's actually fine now and everything but I think like it's so true like you know when your friends are just like with friends it can like go a little bit too far quite easily Mm. and it's kind of hard to say when it does you know what I mean yeah and also I think when you're younger like with young teenage girls it does go too far on like a lot of occasions it can get really bitchy and just Mm. like unpleasant to be around because I remember you guys used to do it to me too like about being English and I was like 
what what <laughs> sense does that even make you're making fun of me for being english but yeah it's so ridiculous the levels that people go to but yeah i think it, like with friends you have to be able to kind of say like okay this is enough now can you just like yeah you can just say it jokely as well you're like oh fuck off like so annoying now that's where that competitiveness comes in doesn't it it also then starts to seep into yeah. like name calling it's like well how how far can i take it well you're not even thinking about it it just happens doesn't it you just automatically mm. start kind of going neck and neck as it were yeah you're just like <laughs> trying to push their buttons to yeah. see <laughs> the next one feeling guilty telling them how i feel Mm, this one's a big one Mm. because I really struggle to like tell people how I feel I'm really bad at going to someone and being like okay this is how I feel but it's not that I don't know that like I have people to talk to so then there's also that other situation of like do they not make you feel safe expressing how you feel and like how how do you deal with that because you can't even say oh I feel like you don't want me to tell you how I feel because that in itself is telling them how you feel so it's kind of difficult and with like what Yolanda was saying actually before we started recording like literally with the example of not being able to just tell a guy like I just don't I'm not interested just stop contacting me whatever it's like sometimes because you don't know how men are going to react like you don't know how someone's going to react and you like feeling guilty about telling them how you feel because you're like actually scared of how they might react kind of thing yeah it's like it's a serious bit of um, behavior Mm. modification based on what you think they might do whether like good or bad you know because i think as well so many so many people we're not really a lot of us are taught to say how we feel but not we're not really taught to listen Mm. to how people are Uh, people are feeling Mm. and we're not taught to not center ourselves and how people are feeling and we're not really taught to I suppose I think apologize properly as well so I think that you immediately go to defensive mode as opposed to oh my god I'm so sorry that I didn't mean to do that that's something that I feel like is happening over time it's something I feel like Gen Z do very well because it's definitely more so in your guys language and in the way that you (laughs) your guys the whole other generation but yeah it's I think it's just more it's it's more normalized for you whereas when I was younger that stuff it wasn't it's not it wasn't normalized in my parents generation not necessarily in millennial generation and yeah so I think that if we we if we all knew how to apologize we'd be way better at listening to how people feel then Mm. people wouldn't feel have to feel guilty about telling us how they felt either Mm, yeah definitely and that's why it's so important to like build trust in a relationship and like something that you have to actively work on is like you shouldn't have to prove yourself obviously because that's kind of toxic in itself but just showing people that they have that space to be themselves and like yeah just tell you how they feel and yeah as Yolanda said listening is so important because you can tell someone something a million times but if they don't actually make a change to do something about it then you still don't feel safe to tell them because then they're not Mm. like actually absorbing it and doing something with that information they're just like yeah I, I get what you're saying that's fair enough but then one year later nothing's changed yeah the next one making comments on stuff you know are insecurities below the belt insults oh my god yeah like we're uh like Mm. we were saying before when you know like when you just pick at the one thing that you like know is gonna hurt as well yeah and like in an argument when you say 
I mean, I'm not saying that I personally do this, but sometimes people, like, say something that they know it's going to hurt because, like, you want to hurt them in the moment. And I feel like that's kind of normal. But then when that starts to seep into your non-arguing life, it's kind of a sign that you need to run. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Literally, weaponizing insecurities is such, like, a soap opera villain move. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, such a... That is, like, the origin (laughs) stories of a villain kind of thing. Is that really picking up? that thing and then just mm. making it something is just is so yeah that's it's, it's really really toxic but so, something a lot of you see a lot of people do in arguments because you're just like that's it I'm losing so you just like once you've reached gone through your bag of weapons and you've got nothing left you're like well ah oh, here I'm gonna take this handful of insecurities yeah. and throw them in your eyes mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where people get to yeah and it can be really hard to like react in the moment as well because obviously they are like, hitting <laughs> you where it hurts so then you're kind of more focused on that than kind of stepping back and being like, why are you doing yeah. that? Like, leave me alone. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one is gaslighting. So again, yeah. kind of like not making them feel safe, expressing how they feel, making <laughs> you feel crazy <laughs> for expressing how you feel. Yeah. I'm so glad that it's like become more yeah. spoken about. I think in like the last couple of years, I feel like I've seen so much about it. It's like so normalized, like the that kind of behavior is so normalized, especially in kind of, I'd, I think, especially in, actually, I don't know, I could be speaking out of turn, but because I think there's so many, so many, I suppose in a not kind of heteronormative relationship, there are so many things that are normalized. There are so many things that some of, some of these stereotypes and tropes are kind of wheeled out. Mm. She's crazy. She's done X, Y, and Z. Um, but then I think a lot of the time when you are crazy, and I will, I'll tell you my own story later where I got to that point of being crazy, as it were, with an X. Usually you're there because someone drove you there willingly. Mm -hmm. Someone literally put you in the car, started it, (laughs) switched it, and then drove you down that road while gaslighting you. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, this is a nice journey. And then they just dropped you off. And then they just drove back. But then I think that's what it it's like that yeah they can they drive you there they take you there mm. it's not a destination you got to get to yourself yeah i think there has to be an element of gaslighting mm. in order for you to even get to that space yeah. but i think so much of that is normalized because the whole trope of crazy ex-girlfriend oh my god is so is so normalized but there's so many different specific behaviors that take you to that place that we don't talk about enough yeah that's a massive red flag if you're dating someone and they're like oh my ex-girlfriend's crazy oh yeah stay the hell away from why them. were they crazy yeah, exactly what, what did, did you, you do <laughs> yeah tell me <laughs> i always ask people that what did you do any of my male friends that are like oh she went crazy i'm like what did you do and then when they tell me i'm like yeah what you did was yeah. mental yeah <laughs> it's just like, yeah. like i feel so sorry for her she's just trying to live her life and you have turned yeah. up and fucked that shit up <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah oh my god it's such a massive problem i don't know if you've seen the tv show dirty john um Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Show. Oh my god. The gaslighting in both seasons. Actually, I've watched both of them yeah. now. It's crazy, and you kind of. It, I think they're yeah. really good because they show you the process of a man kind of like manipulating mm. a woman and how then obviously at the end because it kind of starts with like the end making her seem crazy but then you get the whole story behind it and it's like the yeah. big reveal of what they did to get her to that stage. It's crazy. I, I still haven't seen the rest of the second season because genuinely I couldn't watch it because I was too angry. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, me like, and my mum were watching I'm it. So, we were like texting each other rage. like, what the fuck is <laughs> this man? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
<laughs> yeah, I still haven't. I'm, I was, I'm still filled with rage. I haven't watched it for months. So I'm like, I'll, I'll go back to it and I'll just be angry. I maybe need to watch one a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like emotionally draining. It's a really good series I would recommend, but like really you need is. to prepare yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on from gaslighting. <laughs> well, another lovely one lying continuously. I feel like this one kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, I mean, you can't, like, have a relationship without <laughs> trust, really. Especially if someone lies to you about the same thing more than once, then get out. Even if it's small, tiny little things, you need to, like, reevaluate that situation. Okay, the next one, you're embarrassed of their behaviour around other people. Oof. Sometimes you make a lot of allowances for people you date. So you're like, okay, <laughs> I like them. <laughs> yeah, and then in hindsight, you're like, oh no, that was bad. <laughs> the next one. Aren't willing to hang out with your friends. I do think that if they show like no interest, like they just are like avoiding it. I feel like that's kind of weird, but... I feel like it's fine to not want to, like, be best friends with your friends. I guess if they're not willing to hang out with them, like, but at any cost, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of a bit dodge. Yeah, if they're, like, actively avoiding it all the time, then that's weird. They should be open to maybe, like, a few group scenarios or something. Mm. But, yeah. But like you were saying, though, they don't... They're not going out with you to be best friends with your, with your friends. I've... Actually, I remember one of my mates, he had a girlfriend who, I mean, they ended up being his wife and is now his ex-wife. Um, oh. And she, I, I, when we, I used to live with him and I say, oh, she can come around whenever she wants because like, she's, she's really cool. You don't have to kind of think, oh, is Yolanda going to be here? What's going to happen? Blah, blah. And um, she took it as me saying, oh, you can come and stay around. Like I was giving her permission. Um, like she needed permission no it wasn't about that at all it's just because i thought she was cool so i thought i was like yeah she can hang around whenever she wants because <laughs> his ex-girlfriend was dope she was amazing and i definitely there was an adjustment period to the new one and um he one of our friends was like well she isn't coming around to hang out with you and i was like i know that i was just trying to be accommodating because i know that sometimes guy um mm. some people have been weird because i live with their boyfriend mm -hmm. so i was trying to be accommodating about it but yeah so she saw it as that I'm not friends with you to hang out with you, like going out with him to be friends with you or whatever. And I'm like, well, but you should be able to be willing to be there when I'm there. I and mean, that's one thing actually she wasn't, is that she wasn't willing to. And then, I mean, they're divorced now for a reason, but it was this thing where actually it translated to a lot of his friends over time. Mm -hmm. She didn't really want to be around any of them. And then that became an issue. That became a much broader issue. Yeah, and it's like not wanting your partner to be in contact with other people because you have this like irrational fear that something's gonna happen. And like, that's a massive sign of you don't have the trust that you need to have. Like your partner needs to be able to interact with other people without you feeling mm. insecure about what might happen. And yeah. yeah, and I think the whole like not willing to hang out with your friends is like yeah obviously they don't have to be best friends with them that's like i feel like that's unreasonable to ask but yeah just like want to know like what your life is like and what your friends are like yeah yeah the next one is someone who always talks about how great they are or how lucky you are to have them <laughs> That's really funny. I don't know anyone that's done that. Really? <laughs> that's very funny. Do people do this? Yeah, I guess it's like a narcissist thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I would hate that. I'd just be like, literally, why? Why? Tell me why you think you're so great. 
Like, and I'll tell you what I think. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like a challenge. <laughs> the next one. Guilt tripping. Yeah, as we were saying, like, if they make you feel guilty or, like, you just can't be yourself or express how you feel or just generally live your life without them, like, making some kind of comment about it, then, again, a massive mm. red flag. <laughs> I feel like we can't really stress it enough times so <laughs> um the next one tell you you're overreacting when they flirt with other girls like gaslighting i mean if they're flirting with other people constantly then yeah and if that's not a dynamic of your relationship then uh, yeah fail <laughs> yeah and also because i think some people are just like naturally flirty you know and mm. that's that's fine if they you know that's what they're like just like as a person and you knew that's what they were like before but if they're like going out of their way to find people to flirt with then that's like emotionally cheating so Mm. that's not okay in my opinion I mean I know everyone has different opinions about what counts as cheating but I suppose but that's that's I suppose that's all down to the communication in your relationship where you set those boundaries and be really clear Mm. what do we constitute as cheating Mm -hmm. is it flirting or is it full <laughs> penetrative sex? You have to kind of, there's like a, there's a huge scale before we get to that. Yeah. But <laughs> kind of like, what is the, <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, that, yeah, it depends on that dynamic that you have, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, for sure. Like what's the worst case scenario and what's like, it will hurt yeah. my feelings, but maybe we can move yeah. past it. <laughs> um, okay, the next one. Makes fun of you when you get upset. That would be so mean. Oh, that's mean. Yeah. That's really mean. But I guess, like, a lesser version of that is, like, belittling, like, when you're upset in a way, like, oh, like, are you really upset about, like, about that? That's so, like, ridiculous, blah, 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 you know? Which, I guess, has happened to me, so I I feel that. (laughs) Okay, the last one is, takes the piss out of you and everyone around you constantly. So kind of similar to the, like, commenting on insecurities and, like, name-calling and making fun of you. Also in a relationship, like, your dynamic is kind of, like, it's fine to tease each other, but then if they're, like, making fun of other people, like, your family and stuff like that, that is a sign that that is just kind of how they are as a person, not just, like, a dynamic in your relationship. Mm. So you should kind of, like take that hint and be like okay maybe that's just inherently how they are and it's not going to change yeah and work out if it's for you or not yeah because some people's humor is just that which is not my not my favorite but i mean some people love it some people are just like masochists (laughs) they just like want to be shamed and humiliated those are our what are toxic things people have done to you we also asked what the most toxic thing you personally have ever done is but we only got one response which i thought was kind of interesting (laughs) (laughs) yeah one person outing themselves so good job to this person (laughs) and they said that they've been emotionally distant and uncommunicative rather than dealing with issues in the relationship so because everyone has the potential to do toxic things. Mm. I think it's important to recognize like things you've done that maybe aren't the most healthy because if you can't 
recognize it then you can't really change it or yeah. grow and mm. learn from You're just it just gonna mm. keep doing it mm. and also a toxic relationship like it can be both ways not that it i'm not saying it is always but sometimes people are just like bad for each other and you just keep like mm. nagging at each other until it gets to a yeah. horrible stage of no return so <laughs> yeah yeah two people that can be great with other people but together they can bring out toxicity yeah. in each other it's almost like a hideous chemical reaction and i think then it's like toxicity begets toxicity and you just keep doing it because you're just in i don't know in a, i suppose a whirlpool of shit <laughs> and then it's just your and yet no one's getting no one's getting out of it all you're doing is just triggering yeah. each other and if once i you know i would say once you get to contempt you mm. can't come back from contempt mm-hmm. and resentment is the part of that and resentment is the thing that will start triggering toxicity and the thing that starts triggering that is the fact that you haven't communicated very clearly what it is that you want and what your boundaries are in relationship and what you're not communicating needs and you get resentful because someone hasn't listened to those needs but if you haven't said it mm. then you know then that's where it just all kind of starts to fall down around you yeah for sure I think that's like definitely somewhere that I've gone wrong in the past like as I said I feel like I'm not great at expressing my needs and then I was like noticing that I started feeling really resentful about things and then I'm like this isn't how I want to feel you know when the relationship is just like too many things have gone wrong and you're like, I don't want to feel this angry and I don't want to feel this <laughs> resentful all the time. So like, mm. how do we move past that? And can we move past that? Or is it just kind of irreparable? So Yolanda, as you were saying, you have a, a story to tell or maybe I don't know maybe more than one story so do you want to tell us kind of about a toxic relationship you've been in and what that was like yeah so I suppose it's one one story really because I think prior to that relationship I think I don't know things weren't toxic things were just dysfunctional because you're I was just younger and just wasn't as good I wasn't very good at relationships and also there's nothing was that serious but then I was in a long-term relationship that ended up quite toxic and the I've talked about it a few times to people mainly to my friends and family but not so much to on a wider scale it's like I recorded a podcast recently about how to get over hideous breakups with my friend Eleanor who's written a book called Staunch where she talks about her her toxic breakup and what it did to her she had like a breakdown after her whole life changed essentially after um her like main relationship broke down and we were I touched on it a little bit there but the reason I think I'd never said anything before is because I didn't realise how toxic and, and kind of, I, I knew it was dysfunctional, certainly, but I didn't realise how toxic it was until once I was, until I was entirely out of the, the fog or the cloud of it, really. So I was with someone for like almost seven years and it was, you know, it was, it was fine, to be honest. It was great at times. And then it got to this point where I think some, that prof- unhappiness set in, in in his life in a really specific mm. way due to something happening and then it just became it all these little there's little tiny little things that happened beforehand um that were kind of like fell under the category of being toxic but definitely once the once our situation changed and stress set in those things just became massively inflamed and i ended up in you know we were talking about a lot of these things that were 
toxic beforehand. And I was in my head, I was like, yep, yep. I could, that was like a checklist for my relationship, which is wild because <laughs> really I'm a very, I feel like I'm, I'm a really robust person. I'm incredibly confident as well. And it's why I keep talking to people like on a one-on-one -on -one basis about my relationship, not because like I cannot get over it and I must share because I'm robust, I'm confident. And I thought because of those things, then I couldn't possibly be in a situation where someone is basically emotionally abusing me or anything else is happening because mm -hmm. that's not what anyone would think I would be or anyone would think I would kind of let myself go through. But it's like the, the analogy of the frog in the boiling water and actually FKA Twigs talked about it in her relationship. And I mean, luckily it was nothing like what <laughs> she'd been through at all. That was wild, but it was that thing where you wouldn't, you would never willingly step into any of those scenarios, but they can happen and they're just happening around you. And before you know it, you are boiling. You are mm. in and all the water is boiling around you and you and it's hard to get out or you cannot get out. Um, but when we were just going through some of those things, I was like, yeah, I have a story for all of them, but we, I won't get, do that to you because we do not have the time. <laughs> but it's, it kind of, it was weird because then when we, we the, the kind of the scenario around everything getting worse and becoming kind of more, more toxic than it was, was actually when I was in a point in my life where I wasn't as robust as usual and I wasn't my usual self. So this was a, a good few years ago now because the relationship's been over for about three years or so, four years. I had two years in my family. So in less than, it was about in about 18 to 20 months, nine members of my family passed away. Oh. It was just wild. Oh it was God. so, oh it was just God. the weirdest thing that had happened. Yeah, it literally started off with my nan and it ended with my grandma passing away. And it was so every X amount of months, something crazy was happening. And it started off with my nan. I started my business and it was like, great. My God, I started a business, new lease on life. All this really cool stuff was happening. Uh, me and my ex, we were buying, um, we were like planning to, we'd like bought a flat, uh, bought like a new flat down the road from where our other one is that I live in now, I should say. And we'd, we were talking about having a baby. Oh. We would had all these plans. And then my nan got sick. And our relationship was in a kind of in a weird place, but I think in a place where I thought that we could repair it. Then my nan mm. got sick and then she got better. And then she had a stroke. And in that time she had a stroke, I basically had to, because my there's members of my family who don't get on, there was lots of responsibility on me, sorting stuff out with my nan being ill, sorting stuff out of my family, running a brand new business that did really, really well. At, like it was overnight. I started my business and then X amount of months in, it was, there was so much work and there was so much going on. And I had that to manage, plus what was basically the decline of my relationship in that time. And it was at that point, that is the point where he was like, well, I'm going to be emotionally abusive. Oh, so then that was because of his stresses and resentment. That's when it really kicked in. There were little, like I said, there were little bits before. There was nothing that I'd say really in hindsight, some things he did, they're not that surprising because there were traits I always knew existed in him. But then it was that, mm you know, I've talked about before bringing out the toxicity in each other. And I'm not saying that this, this is not me protecting him in any way, but I'm not saying that if he was with anyone else, he would have done those things. It's definitely, I think, more down to the relationship and the dynamic that we had and how we both didn't communicate and everything else. But I think if I'd said to myself, oh, you're gonna be in a relationship with someone that's gonna do these things to you, mm. I would have told I would have told myself to fuck off. 
I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought that I would but you know we were going through things like I'm just going back to that what we were what that list that went through earlier on in the show talking about making your partner feel guilty things like that definitely the whole calling names and acting patronizing now we both said it you know we all said it and we're like oh, if someone does that I was like yeah get out because it seems it seems like a really obvious one but actually it's kind of weirdly not as always obvious as you think if someone's doing it when you are distracted or when there's other things happening you don't you notice it but you kind of weirdly don't notice it it's so easy to gloss mm. over things when you just want things to be okay and when there mm-hmm. are so many other things that are happening in your life so at the time when I was dealing with literally having to go to my hometown and going to that spend so much time in the hospital more time in the hospital than I ever want to spend for the rest of my life and doing all those things I would literally come home speak to him and he would just say he would just say things like you're so pathetic oh god which is horrible and it's something I would never let anyone say to me but in the in the context of those kind of conversations that we're having and really specific things it would be like uh for example listen to Nicki Minaj on a playlist and he was like why do you like that that's so silly so pathetic and it was just started off as little things like that and then it came you're pathetic just that's so pathetic so stupid why is that happening and again the reason I'm I think there were so many times I've heard stories like that and I'd be like well why mm. didn't you just leave that's insane like mm. why is that happening and I was like because it's actually really not that cut and dry it's never that cut and dry. And I think the main thing is, it's learning about what toxic relationships are, learning about your love languages, learning about communication so that you never get to that point. So that you always have that. So you have an app, so you have a get out. So you give yourself a trap door essentially, um, but also just give yourself options and understand understand the other person and what that, the effect that other person is mm-hmm. having on you. And I think the main thing really to look for in a toxic relationship is how do you feel after you've been with them or at certain points and where is that tipping point now I lived with my ex so it's a it couldn't it wasn't as cut and dry as Mm. how do I feel after I've left them because they're in my house all the time so there are times when some days it's some days it was dope it was amazing we were having a great time we were laughing our heads off and other times it was just misery just absolute misery but based on his own misery and I think the reason I dismissed it or just kind of let it go on as long as I did was because I knew he was going through something. I knew he was suffering from depression. I knew there were issues that he had. And also one of the things that he did was he didn't just do it to me. He was acting like that Mm. with everyone in his life. So if it was just like, if it was directed towards me, that would have, I think would have been my, like I would have tapped out sooner. Mm -hmm. But, because he was doing it to everyone, it just becomes this thing where you think yeah. they're going through a phase. But frankly, whether they're doing it to everyone or just you, just get the <laughs> fuck out. <laughs> Essentially, it's not it's not worth it. And there were so many little things that happened. Like I said, it's like saying I'm pathetic, even things like remarking on things that I'm wearing. So not in a way like, um, did, I did have an incident of why are you wearing that? That you, well, you can't mm. wear that to go and do X, Y, and Z. And that was the point where I was like, no, too fucking yeah. far, hun. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't come, don't come for my fashions. Don't come, don't come for clothes. my fashions. Exactly. <laughs> but also because that's one of the main things that we're taught about. There are really specific things we talk about, taught about toxic relationships and abusive relationships, etc. And one of those main things is when they control what you wear. No one tells you about the seventy-five steps that it takes before you get to that when they're what they're mentioning what you wear. And there are so many other things that fall below that that you need mm. to t- pay attention to. And again, it's the how do you feel 
after you've spoken to them. How do you deal with arguments and confrontation is a really in, like good question to ask yourself because if they are getting to that point like where some people have pointed out if they're then reaching into your insecurities to throw insults. And I mean, I'm really lucky. That's genuinely something that there was one time he did that. I remember because he'd never, he, ne- he didn't, hadn't done it before and he never did it again. And he was like, well, at least I can do X, Y, and Z with blah, blah, blah. Cause there was a, a, a person that was around him that didn't like me. She really hated me. And I really wanted to be her friend. <laughs> but she really didn't like me. And I never understood why. Now I found out it's because she actually, it was because she liked him. I just didn't know that for a really long time. It's something I suspected, but I thought, well, it doesn't, because I wasn't insecure. I was like, it doesn't matter if she likes him or not. There are guys in my life that like me, but I'm not going to cheat on him. So it doesn't matter yeah. how they feel is how they feel. It's very separate from our relationship. But then, then I, then he used that because I mentioned something once and he used that as a thing in an argument the one time because I absolutely lost it. But all those things you listed, I was just like, yeah, so many of them have happened. And I wish I'd, I wish I could go back and again, have a word with myself and just make myself, open my eyes a little bit more. But it was, when people do this sometimes, they can do it at that point in your life where you are the most vulnerable. So you're not going to be thinking clearly but the moment you have some clarity, stop, just tap out. That is the main thing. Just tap out all the way out. Don't even, <laughs> yeah, don't even make it conditional or anything. Just get out. Because in the end, in the, how my relationship ended, even the way that ended was, was toxic. There was a point where, again, like I said, it was great. We were having a great time. And there was a really specific point where something happened in his life. And I don't know, just like a newer person emerged or another part of him his personality or whatever and he just it just became more and more kind of like little bits of name calling little bits of actually one of the things she talked about was being embarrassed to take someone somewhere and I I would never be embarrassed to take anyone anywhere they are who they are etc but he would act like he was embarrassed of me and tried to control my behavior Mm. and because I thought one of the main things I didn't one of the main reasons I thought I wasn't in an abusive relationship. And obviously there's a difference between abusive and toxic. I mean, they're both, they're, they're a Venn diagram in one hand, but on the other hand, there can be toxic things before you get to abuse. But yeah, I wouldn't have necessarily thought I was in a relationship like that because I was pushing back. I'm confident yeah. and I push back. There's nothing that anyone can say that can make me feel bad about my appearance. There's nothing that anyone can say that make, make me feel bad about my personality. Like literally you can say anything. I there are, I have so few fucks to give. The field is barren. You can say whatever you want. I know who I am and I like myself, but mm. I, I, I would push back. And because I was like, well, I'm robust, I'm confident and I'm pushing back. Mm. So I'm not in that, I'm not in that dynamic. But actually, if you even have to have those conversations, you are in that dynamic. And that is, again, something I wish I, I could have identified a little bit sooner because you shouldn't be having a bad time in a relationship if you're not having a great time why are you there (laughs) just and and again I think because so many people think that relationships are relationships are hard I remember having this conversation with my friend when he was breaking up with his partner last summer at the beginning of lockdown and he was like but she keeps telling me relationships are hard and we have to work at it and I was like yeah life is hard around relationships relationships are relationships 
Life is hard around it. It's how you deal with those hard things. That's what makes it hard. The actual relationship shouldn't be difficult. You should baseline be with someone that you like and want to be with. And life is going to happen around you. If you can't even deal with that dynamic between yourselves, then life is going to fuck you and you shouldn't be doing this together. So if you're mm-hmm. not having a great time, just stop. Just stop for the sake of yourself, for the sake of the other person. And for the, because we only live once and we do not have time to waste, you should not be wasting it not having a great time with someone that's your partner. I mean, what? why are you doing that? You wouldn't do that with your friends. If you think about the dynamic you have with your mates, you can hang, you can spend, you could spend like weeks and weeks in captivity with your friends that yeah, you're bicker or whatever, but on the whole, you're like, it's going to be great. I love my friends. They're amazing. We're going to spend so much time together. We're going to have a great time. You understand each other's boundaries in a particular way. You understand each other's body language. There are so many understandings in the relationships with friendships. And we forget all of those fundamental things when we're in a romantic relationship. And all of a sudden we're letting all our standards slide that we wouldn't let slide in friendship. We let them slide mm. because the other person is, I don't know, putting it in or touching your box or something. So it's yeah. just like, <laughs> and I don't know why that happens, but it does. And we have to always cling to think about, well, would I even be friends with this person? And if the answer yeah. is no, stop dating them. It's <laughs> really. Yeah. I was going to say like, there's so many things that we excuse about our partners like even going through the list or whatever like if a couple were like oh shit my boyfriend does this sometimes or whatever you still will like excuse it and be like oh no but they're not a bad person and like oh it's because of this and because of that and because of that and because of that and like you're right like with your friends like if they did something like really fucked up you'd call them out you'd be like what the fuck was that about like (laughs) don't do that and Mm -hmm. i don't know why it's so difficult to do that with a partner Oh, so yeah, I completely agree. It's it's a super weird like double standard yeah. with, that we have with our romantic relationships and friendships. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like it's weird. Like we'll accept the we'll accept the the bouquet of red flags that a partner will give us from the very beginning <laughs> because we know that we're not going to find every single thing we want in in someone. We know that mm. that perfect whatever it is doesn't necessarily exist. But there has to be a line then there has to be self-awareness around that. And like I said, that relationship ended toxically because in, in the end, I broke up with him several times and then he'd cry, then I'd take him back. But again, it was because he, to be fair, he got me when I was distracted. That's, that's the thing mm-hmm. is like, I think there's so many, I know I have friends that have been in really toxic and abusive, like physically, emotionally, everything abusive relationships. And they have a really specific personality type that is, I definitely feel like a specific personality of, of guy in this heteronormative sense is attracted to and they're going after Mm. i've never dated anyone that is like outwardly i would say abusive or anything like that i ended up in that situation where someone became it because they were so unhappy and that resentment turned to contempt and that contempt just turned into just this kind of barrage of shit but then at the end i broke up with them several times and then in the end it's him that broke up with me because i still didn't quite have the strength to go because i was constantly waiting for change I was constantly waiting for the situation to improve. Mm. And again, because I was at that point, a lot of people were dying. There was so much of the loss in my life. I just couldn't cope with the loss of that central relationship too, regardless of the fact that it's shitty. And frankly, it was good for me that it ended because it was it was crappy and I'd wasted already mm. way too much time. I feel like I'd wasted, I'd got, I think two years of that was wasted time on just that, of just the nonsense of that 
relationship and where it had got mm. become toxic. And in the end, you know how he, he actually ended it? Bear in mind, we lived together. He ended it by WhatsApp and we lived together. <gasps> oh my God. <gasps> yeah, so I was at work. So I run my own business and I was like, I was sitting down with my brand new assistant. So Helena, big up Helena, because truly <laughs> she had known me for about 10 days. And the first thing she comes into is, you know, that me seeing me and my ex. No, she knew things were a bit rocky because she, she could feel the tension. Um, but we'd kind of gone from Valentine's Day and she'd been there on Valentine's Day and we were working and all this other stuff. And she'd seen that and she knew we had this other house and blah, blah. And she'd been to it and etc. And then one day we're in work and we're messaging each other. And then he says, just don't come home. I think we're done. Like, that's it. I just don't think this is working. It's done. Don't come back. To my house. Oh my God. Um, and because we had two oh flats. So we like, we've, I was in our other flat and I was talking to her and I was like, I think, I think we'll just break up with me. And she was like, what? She can get her head around it because she also in a long-term relationship. Yeah. She was like, who does that over WhatsApp when you're with someone mm. for that many years? And then I just burst into tears. Um, and then bless. So we have a really good friendship now because she was there during that time. Um, and that's, that's genuinely what happened. And after he just like refused to see me, so we ended up having a conversation after because his mum called cause she was like, what the hell's going on? And she was like, you have to go and speak to her. What the fuck are you doing? Um, but yeah. yeah, so everything just towards the end, everything was so toxic. Even that end was just crazy. Um, and no. even mm. after you broke up that, emotional like, manipulation thing that didn't end that kind of went on way up well after we broke up and again because I was at the most vulnerable point of my life and emotionally I was depleted everything was drained from me and then all this stuff was happening too so yes it was definitely um an interesting time yeah oh my god it sounds so intense and I'm glad you got out of it and I'm so glad you said about knowing how to argue like knowing your love language knowing your attachment style and just like mm. knowing all that stuff about yourself because we talk about this a lot on the podcast and this is why it's so important as you said you knew that you're this like robust woman you're confident and you know all this stuff about yourself but even being in a relationship like that the small things they will like chip away at you and if there's like suddenly something's thrown into the mix that wasn't in your life before like something stressful happens or as you said people in your family were dying you never really know how that's going to affect someone or how that's going to affect yourself and having that kind of structure and kind of safety net to be able to get through that is so important and once that like even begins to kind of be broken down it's really hard to recover from it and this is such a massive thing of why there's so much victim blaming in terms of abusive and toxic relationships like why didn't you get out sooner well because mm -hmm. I didn't even know until yeah. it was too late you really don't you really don't and when I I went through a list of some of the some of the things that he did in that relationship I'll, I won't go into the full list but one of the so my sister's a clinical psychologist and I remember speaking to her about it after and I said you know this was the relationship and she was the one that was like this was toxic and this was abusive she's the one that kind of really had to highlight that to me and I was like well no I pushed back she was like no no because you've modified your behavior because it's one thing when we're modifying our behavior because it's like, well, we know when we're acting like a dick and we have to stop acting like a dick. But she said, if you are modifying mm -hmm. your behavior to, because, to mitigate 
that person having a certain reaction, then this is abuse. Oh this is that's yeah. what it is, pure and simple. And so that I will give you the short list of things. So again, the making you feel guilty about stuff. That's definitely a thing that's happened. It would even start off with things like him just being quite selfish. Just, re- just like he'll go to the shop and get something for himself, but he won't ask me what I want. And it was a bit of a running joke because his best friend, when his best friend came to stay, he would always ask me what I want at the shop and he would always get something for me just because that's more of his kind of his personality type. Um, mm-hmm. But then I accepted that he definitely had a side of him that was selfish, which he, his family and friends also addressed. So you just accept it. But then it's when that started to play out more and more with him just neglecting and forgetting me and not thinking about me, which is basic. It can happen. But when it happens too much, it's too much. Um, mm-hmm. Things like... Mm him being jealous of other guys in my life, which I don't even, won't even really hang around with, but he'd be jealous of like my personal trainer because he thought I was flirting with him. I wasn't, it wasn't like that at all, but he got jealous, which was, I, the thing was he was cheating on me. So I guess that's kind of the projection kind of part of it. Um, yeah. mm. Just like toxic communication as well. Here's an example, came home one day and this is when I'd been back and forth from my hometown because my nan wasn't in hospital in in the city so I still had a journey ahead of me every single time I spent I've never spent so much money on traveling to my hometown ever in one year (laughs) I worked it out and I spent about seven grand just going back and forth on the trains and and everything yeah it cost me a fortune because every time I go every time the train journey alone is about 40 quid and if yeah. you have to do that X amount of times a week, and then when I got back, I had to get taxis because I don't have a car, I don't drive or anything. It just ended up just amounting to huge amounts of money. Um, so then I he came home one day, I was on the phone to my friend and I was working and I was trying to catch up on stuff because I'd been in the hospital. And he was like, you haven't emptied the bin. You've been here all day and you haven't emptied the bin. What, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I was like, I've been working. And when you run your own business, you can really get caught up in running your business. And he came home during mm. the work day. So I mostly would have done that at the end of the work day. I just hadn't done it then. But it also wasn't a big deal that the bin had stuff in it. Yeah. It wasn't, nothing was wrong with the bin being there. It wasn't doing anything. It wasn't attracting yeah. ants. We don't have raccoons in our house. It's not a big fucking deal. <laughs> but he got really stressed out about it. And other things like I said before, like saying you're pathetic for liking particular things. Mm. Now I work with influencers and manage influencers and get brands used to give me stuff that they would also gift to my clients. So I would dress in, you know, some of the things I was given in my house. And he's like, why are you dressed like influencers? Why are you dressed like kids? You're so stupid. It's like, you want to be one. And I was like, oh, no, God. I don't. All influencers were dressing like Kim Kardashian, who is a year older than me. They are dressing like an adult. <laughs> They're dressing like an adult yeah. adult. So it's like, I'm just dressing like my age group. And they yeah. are actually, yeah. So I was like, this, he got it all, it was all twisted. Um, and that's one of the things. And like I said, there was a point where he, actually I'd say two times where he meant commented on something I was wearing. And one of the times his best friend had to pull him up on it because he was like, God, he's so militant. I don't know why he gets like this. And again, because he behaved like this with lots of people, with everyone in his life, you stop making it. You don't, mm-hmm. I didn't make it about me. So therefore I didn't even internalize it, which is good but I didn't then make it think about it as being a feature, an unhealthy feature of my relationship. I Mm -hmm. looked at it as being an unhealthy feature of his, all his relationships that he behaved Mm -hmm. like that. But there were so many. And I think towards the end, I think there were a few that, when I was like, okay, that's that's truly enough now. Because even when we bought the other flat, I was like, when you get, when we get the other flat, you move in, I'm not moving in. I think we should have a break or we should maybe go back to the beginning and date there were there were things that we were considering in terms of rebooting resetting or shutting down the relationship 
um but he cried so i didn't and that's also that as well manipulation through crying that's always fun but yeah Yeah. one thing in particular which was i think is one of the worst was when we were with his family and this is the whole in being embarrassed to be around someone where it translated the other way around i would i was on my phone only for a second it's not like now i'm plastered to my phone all the time but then i wasn't like that at all and he turned around at me and he hissed, just put your phone down. Like literally hissed it at me while his family there. They couldn't hear because they were doing something. And I was like, who the fuck are you talking to? <laughs> kind of like, I got really annoyed. Yeah, but I think because I'm in my head, because I'm saying who the fuck are you talking to? Shut up and doing what I want. I think that that's not abusive. But actually, then when I was with him doing certain things, I wouldn't pick up my phone. So therefore it was actually modifying my behavior. Mm. And it shouldn't have been. If I want to pick up my phone, I should be able to pick up my fucking phone. It's my property. And, that, <laughs> and that's just a few things. That isn't even everything. But again, it was this thing where some of it was a slow burn. There were little seeds planted. But from that bit where stuff went wrong, then that it became just my life just became like that. Mm. Um. So, yeah, so that's what it and that's why you don't necessarily get out, because then you think about everything beforehand. So you think it's a blip, you think it's a phase, you, or you know mm. it's triggered by something, because yeah. I know there were things that were tr- that triggered it. I'm not saying it was okay, but I know there were things that triggered it because there was a real pivotal moment. So you're waiting to go back to that time prior to it. And that's what, also why people don't mm. leave. Yeah, you have hope. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Get rid of that hope, guys, throw it out the window. No, I'm joking. No, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's no yeah. Again, that's just <laughs> some of the things. That isn't even all of them. And just they, they sound wild because in your head, you're mostly like, what the, f- what were you doing? But this is, yeah. if it can happen to me and I'm arguing back and I'm telling him to shut the fuck up, then it can happen to someone else. Or think what's happening to someone that hasn't got the strength to push back at all as well. Mm-hmm. It mm. makes me so angry hearing like, why didn't you get out? Because as you were saying, like the guilt and when you actually did come to breaking up with him and then it's not like they make it easy for you like that's not just the end of everything even Mm. once you break up it still carries on afterwards and it's it's not it's just not as simple as I think the law makes out so many people make out and in education as well it's not something that's really touched on is the amount of layers that there are to a toxic relationship Mm -hmm. and yeah we talked about sex education with you and I think that's another thing as well is that we need to learn more about what actually constitutes a toxic relationship and mm-hmm. how how do you get out of it as well like that's such a big thing because you might be able to recognize like <laughs> hopefully you can recognize at some point that you're in one but then what is the strategy to get out of it and that's another mm. whole difficult step to take yeah absolutely like I said he ended it um, but, but I kept breaking up with him and then he ended it. He ultimately brought it to a, like the final end. But I'd done it like literally like once a week for like about two months. I kept saying, that's it, we're done. That's it, we're done. And I think he did it because I think he thought I was going to do it again. Um, and I wasn't necessarily even going to. At that point, I think I'd just run out of just like stop saying it at that point. I was like, I'm not going to say it anymore because it means nothing when I'm saying it. But I think that I can't really predict. This is just in my head what I think. Um, just understanding myself if I wasn't going through all the stuff that I was going through at the time I would have tapped out ages before 
it would have like because that ended in 2017 and in 2015 I initially wanted to leave him I remember having a full-on conversation with my parents saying yeah I've had enough like this relationship has taken a turn he's done a few things I hadn't said at the time and then they they were like yeah like that's it yeah just just knock it on the head just like leave him but then then that's when lots of stuff happened and then I just kept getting almost like distracted but also you don't want to kind of topple your home life and then there was a point where I was like okay cool Mm. once when the new flat's ready you live there separately but then the new flat took ages to be sorted out I mean six months it took so they say the beginning of the six months I was like yeah that's it we're definitely going to be done and then in that within that six months then my nan got ill and then then I almost forgot that I even said that we're breaking up so again I just got massively distracted because life can get in the way and that can be a reason to not leave and actually one more thing that just popped into my head because I don't know if any of our mutual friends will listen to this or whatever if they do I don't know how they'll feel about it but frankly I don't give a shit there was a point where I never used to say anything before because I was like well everybody's just gonna think I'm a bitter ex-girlfriend because you know since he's got married he's had kids everything his whole life has changed in that time and there were loads of things like he wanted to get married to me then he changed his mind and then we weren't getting married and then when he met someone he got married to them six months after and that was really upsetting for me even though I was over it it didn't stop it hurting Mm. because I was like wow okay but then there were so many times I was I wasn't open about the relationship that we had because I was like I don't want to that's not fair on him it's oh, I don't want to embarrass myself but why should mm-hmm. I not be able to tell that my story of what happened to me because it also yeah. happens to me yeah. and he willingly took part in that and willingly did those things even down to things like when it came to us discussing mm. having kids and I think actually I've said I thought what the worst thing was this is genuinely the worst one one of the worst things he did maybe the worst was when we so I got polycystic ovary syndrome I didn't know for a while I went to like go and have uh, like check out my fertility and all that kind of fun stuff but then we weren't actively trying to have a baby it was just like we want to have a baby but you know really there's a there's a particular window not all men understand they don't all understand it do they they think that they can just put it in at any point and a baby's gonna come out and it's like no there is a window there was a window and within that window there was a percent but just just shooting it around all over the month does nothing but um <laughs> but then i think that's what he thought happened and I hadn't got pregnant. But then we, again, I knew we weren't trying and I knew we weren't aiming for the right times. I was just like, whatever. We will, When we make mm. that conscious decision, we will make that conscious decision. And then we will try during those times. And he was like, I think that you don't want to have a baby. I think you don't want to have kids. And I think that's why we haven't got them. I think you keep, set. you think something's wrong, but nothing's wrong. It's because your business is your baby. You said you started your business to have kids, but actually it's taken over and this is it. I think you're just, this is what you want. You don't really want them at all. Um, And he goes, and I think you're secretly taking the pill. And that's genuinely, he said that on more than one occasion. (gasps) That was the point where I was like, get the fuck out of my house. And he genuinely started searching around the flat for for the pill. And that is a genuine thing that happened. And I don't know if his, oh if other people God. will believe that, know him will believe it or not. But genuinely, this is what your friend did. This is, that's what he did. And which mm-hmm. is fucking mental. Um, yeah. And it's crazy. And I remember just being like, yeah, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? There was a point, I remember standing in my kitchen next to my oven. You, know, you just remember something so clearly. And I was like, what the fuck? You t-? And he was like bashing about and really screaming and shouting and everything else. And that's a genuine thing that he did that no one would ever think. I think people that know may not even think he would do that, but that is what happened. 
And there were so many times yeah. I didn't talk about it as well. Because after we broke mm. up, I touched on it earlier about being a crazy ex-girlfriend. When we broke up, I lost my mind. And I, there was a point where I wouldn't have told anyone that before. Like the guy that I'm dating now, I fully told him everything. And he's like, well, shit happens. <laughs> but then I literally lost it because at that point, I think at the point where after we broke up in that time, in the, the long protracted kind of aftermath of our breakup, a lot of people, again, people, every few months, someone was dying. Every few months, something was happening and it was really shit. And it was a combination of things. It was illness, suicide, accidents, you know, pick a thing. It's a oh thing that happened. Um, mm. It was like living in a very bad soap opera for, for a, like a condensed period of time. And every time I lost something, I don't know why I would go back to him. And also he owed me money as well, which I ended up having to go to civil, like, uh, was it civil claims? Claims court? I can't remember what it's called. But I had to go to that oh um, to get it back because he just refused to give it to me. And I wasn't even trying to get it. My mum was trying to do it to kind of keep me out of the situation because she started to understand more about mm -hmm. it. But then even during that time, I every every time I lost something, I would then message him. And I'm like, but why why have you done this? I just needed answers. Like, why have you done this to me? Like, why have you done X, Y, and Z? Because then also I found out he cheated. Why did you cheat? Like, what? And I just wanted to know all these answers that I think under normal circumstances, I wouldn't have given a shit. <laughs> but yeah. every time I lost something, I panicked about this bigger thing that I lost. And that's when all that toxic behavior and all those things that he did before where they hadn't played on any, a single insecurity that I had while we were together, they all came back after. Mm. And that was the thing. So at, mm. at the time, in the moment, I'm fine, I'm robust. It doesn't matter. At the point at which my life is literally crumbling, the only thing that was working was my business. Everything else was fucked. Everything else was <laughs> fucked. And then ev everything he'd ever said to me about not having kids, everything he said to me about that any of that kind of stuff because as we're breaking up he's like if you don't have kids now when will you have kids like who's gonna go out if you look at your age even though i don't look my age all that that all that shit was in the toxicity of our breakup all yeah. of that came back and then all i wanted to do was discuss it with him and ask him questions about it like did you mean it did you ever love me and i i rang i i stopped ringing after a while but i emailed i would message him i was asking questions because i just wanted to know i wanted clarity but again it was only it was every time you think look the dates it's literally someone died and then i did it because i was just went into this blind panic of grief and everything else and that's the thing that stopped me talking about anything for a long time because of the shame of being a crazy ex-girlfriend and mm. i was like no no someone drove me to that mm. crazy by for years putting shit in my head about the fact that you don't really want kids. This is what you're like, you're pathetic. You're trying to be something that you're not. All these things all came back after. And again, still a really confident to a certain extent, but that absolutely depleted it. Mm -hmm. So again, that's why you need to get out of a toxic relationship mm. because then it's not about it necessarily hitting you in the moment. It's about what it does after and what it did to every relationship after. It took me a really long time in therapy to get to the point where I could have anything remotely healthy because every time I dated someone, they knew, like one guy who was very astute and he was like, what are you holding? What are you holding back? What is happening here? What is broken here? Like in you, sometimes you give and then sometimes you just shut down. And all of mm -hmm. that was the aftermath of that. So yeah, so just to kind of, so if you notice something's toxic, don't just think about what it's doing to you in that moment. Think about what it will do down the line and make sure you get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> sure. Like when, cause I was in a relationship 
as well that like it was quite manipulative and stuff and like I think back at things that I did afterwards and like I feel really ashamed of what of the things that I did and I'm like why did I do that I know that's not who I am Mm. and yeah it's because of all the effects that it had after and then in my next relationship as well the effects that that had on that and the trust issues that I have and you hold so much of yourself back mm-hmm. because of it it's, it's not just in the moment and then once you're out of the relationship it's done as we were saying like it's something that you really have to actively work through and what do you do now when you feel any of those things happening well I'm not in a relationship anymore <laughs> yeah but you just kind of have to step back and be like this person is not the person I was dating before this is a completely different person and like you just have to rationalize it and that's yeah that's something that's Mm. like helped me a lot is even though it's hard to rationalize it and (laughs) you might not be in the most rational state of mind is just really trying to take a step back and be like okay let's look at the facts let's look at what is actually happening rather than what my mind is telling me is happening Mm. But I was going to ask you, because you were saying how your mum was helping and all of that kind of thing, what would you say is good advice for someone who knows someone close to them is in a toxic relationship? Or, like, what would you have wanted someone, like your mum or one of your friends, to have done or said when you were in that relationship? Well, to be honest, they, they didn't know until I said it. So there wasn't a thing that they saw. I'd say the only, actually, I'm, okay, I'm slightly lying. So at the end of the relationship, my friend Pam, and actually one of my ex's friends, she noticed something before we broke up because then he was speaking to me like shit and she was there because he kind of almost forgot she was there. And she was like, why the fuck is he talking to you like that? And I was like, I don't know. Because it's not, again, that it wasn't something he did often. It was like maybe done like once or twice before. Not that that's not enough times, but you know what I mean? And I think then she Mm. kind of then said nothing because she was more his friend than mine. She just didn't want to get involved. But my friend Pam, she was the one that I'd say she noticed more so that our breakup was more toxic and how emotionally abusive he was after. So in terms of he wanted to be friends, I don't know who the fuck that was for. He wanted to be friends. We still had, I still had a key to my other apartment because I still had stuff in there. All that time he was sleeping with someone in that apartment. So I could have gone there at any time and seen that. It's fucking wild. Oh Um, my God. And she was the one that was like, I she thought he was being emotionally abusive in the breakup. She actually didn't say anything to me about it at the time. What she was going to do immediately was just escalate it to my parents because she knew so much other stuff was happening in my life. She knew that she knows me well enough to know that telling me wasn't going to help me, not because I would deny what she was saying, but because I wouldn't personally know what to do about it. So mm-hmm. it's only when I got to the mm-hmm. point where I was like, this is what's happening and I'm not happy about it. And I just got to a point where I stopped talking to him entirely. I was like, I don't want to talk to him anymore. I'm dumb. And she said, good, because if you if I was actually about to contact your parents to say something. So mm. that would have been good to have it escalated to someone else or for mm. her to say, I think if it carried on, she said it to me, it's not like I wouldn't have listened to her. I just wouldn't have known what to do with the information necessarily. Um, but I think say something to your friend or say or escalate it to someone that can do something. Cause I think sometimes we can spot these things and we're maybe not the closest to the person as well. Um, 
so escalate it to someone that's closer because they may know how to speak to them about it because when my mum was helping she wasn't necessarily helping with that she had no idea about that still I didn't tell my parents about any of that stuff until after because like I said it wasn't I didn't know for a really long time I didn't get everything Mm. because also my mind had blocked out a lot of stuff it was Mm. like I would randomly remember things and I was like what the fuck (laughs) like halfway through I'm like halfway through when when did you do that it was really weird I'd really block stuff out um but yeah I think saying something and naming the behavior so actually I've got one of my friends she has a really really toxic relationship with her ex they've got kids it's a little bit different and he has basically just emotionally abused there for like about two decades it's unbelievable but she didn't realize and how we got to that place of her realizing anything was by putting the correct words naming the behavior you need to name mm. the behavior because otherwise when you're in it, you just see it in the context of the thing that is happening. You don't necessarily connect it to the things beforehand. Mm. You don't connect it to anything else. And like I did in my situation, I didn't connect it to me because he was behaving poorly to everyone in his life. So if he he would do things like have arguments mm. with his parents, make his mum cry and then ring up and apologize because they were having this big family thing. I didn't, so I thought, well, he's doing this to everyone, so this isn't personal. And then that's when, if you take the personal out of it, then you also take your self-care out of it. You're not taking, I wasn't taking care of me. And it can be Mm. easy to do that, to attach it to all these things. Then you almost remove yourself from it and you become disembodied, so you don't think you're affected. So I think naming it and saying, well, that is is abusive. That bit of behavior there, this is coercive. This is that, and I, that Mm. is what helped the penny drop for my mate. And I think when Pam started saying stuff to me, that's what helped the penny drop for me. But then also then started to make me remember all those things. Because like even the thing with the whole birth control thing, I didn't remember that for ages. It was weird. I don't know why. My mind, because again, there was there was enough stuff going on. How many funerals had I been to by then? My mind had had enough. And I, rem- I remembered, when I remembered that, I was, no word of a lie, I was cleaning a wine glass and I was drying it and no, I smashed the wine glass in my hand because oh I remembered God. and I just got so tense and I got so, I was like, so I got really tense. I got really shocked. And luckily I had the towel on my hand and I was got really, and I smashed it and I was like, oh my God. And it's because I remembered it all at once along with some mm. other things that happened. It was weird. It's like someone switched the light on and I saw this shit that was in the corner and I was yeah. like, fuck. I broke a wine glass in my hands. What the hell? And I went to therapy the next day. <laughs> so it's like, I've been going to grief therapy. But then I was like, I added other, I, I kind of was like, yeah, I also need to talk about my relationship. I needed it. Yeah. I'm really glad you said that because for instance, in, in moments that like, I don't want to like use your relationship as an example, honey, I'm really sorry. But like, I'm just using it as my own example as your friend, like kind of seeing it and, even if you say kind of like, oh, I'm not sure about this or whatever. I think sometimes like you're a bit wary of saying like, oh, I think that's like manipulative or, oh, I think that's kind of toxic because you don't want to make it see- sound like you're judging their relationship based on like the information that you have. But I think we shouldn't be scared of using those terms if that's what it actually is, because then it just adds to keeping your friend in the dark. So I'm really, really glad that you said that. Mm-hmm. yeah sure. absolutely yes yeah. say what it is and like you're saying i think some people are scared of the whole shoot the messenger thing and i know we have i know we all know about the trope of particularly where people are in maybe more physically abusive relationships that they keep going back so what's the point in saying anything they're going to keep going back blah blah and i think where it gets to the point where it's physically 
abusive relationships we know they keep going back because obviously they're scared something's going to happen to them not because they're pathetic and they can't get out it's because genuinely a lot of women are killed on on exit as it were so then yeah. we know that there's an actual fear of what people are saying but i think yeah it's absolutely use use the words manipulative toxic all that kind of stuff say what it is because it helps when somebody says something clearly mm. And it's like mm. one thing as well to not even recognize that those things are happening to you. But some people just might not even know that toxic relationships are a thing in the first place. You know, like I kind of started realizing it because I was on, I think it was on Tumblr, like back in the days of Tumblr. <laughs> and I saw some post that like miraculously came up on my feed that was like this is toxic behavior and like said specific things and I think I still have the thing saved on my phone from when I saw that because I was like wow I had no idea that this was even a thing obviously I was quite young then but it was just like suddenly in my mind and then yeah Maria obviously and my friends helped along the way as well but I think we were too young to really know what the terms were specifically. So yeah, it's mm. so important to be clear and to try and be as objective as possible. So it's not, as Maria was saying, it's not like you're judging them or you're saying something that's not your like place to say. It's more, this is what's happening. Please do something because I'm concerned for you. Hmm, absolutely I think one of the things that I feel like might be a danger for younger people which is why it's imperative that it's in sex and relationship education is because when I when I was back in the day when the dinosaurs were on the earth when I was younger um you you there was massive amounts of separation between you and your boyfriend or girlfriend or partner or whatever there was separation you went to school you saw each other if they wanted to speak to you they had to ring your house they if they wanted mm -hmm. to come and get you they had to do x y and z with the kind of with technology all these safeguards and all these gatekeepers have been eliminated entirely and you can have unlimited access to someone mm. 24 hours a day mm -hmm. so all with all these with all these means of all this means of technology and all this kind of i don't know abundance of communication the ability to be able to manipulate to be toxic to be coercive to be abusive is you know is increased yeah yeah you've got how much access do these to toxic people have to vulnerable people not even vulnerable because vulnerable makes it almost sound like anyone's coming from a position of weakness or whatever it's like pe toxic people have more access to people than ever without a single gatekeeper or safeguard yeah. between them and that person mm. so it's important that we know what it is and mm. it's important that we understand it and understand it can happen to anyone and again i'm not at all going to equate my situation to anyone that's in something that's physical because that is that again is something else and and it's terrible but i don't want anyone to think that just because it's not physical means you stick around either because mm -hmm. if you are yeah you know again i'm lucky i've got so i've always had an abundance of confidence my parents have brought me up in a really specific way and they haven't even brought me up in a way where i wouldn't necessarily not tell my parents things if i knew what i what was happening i would have told my parents think of all the mm. things that people would think i would tell someone i would do x y and z i would tell someone i would leave i would do x y and z all of these things yes i would tell someone if i knew what the fuck was happening to me 
Yes, I, I would oh, leave. Yeah. I did try to leave several times, but we were stuck in the house together because also finances tied us. There was nowhere else for him to go. He had to stay in my flat because there wasn't another place to yeah. go necessarily. Um, so there are lots of different things that tie you into someone that can stop those very obvious kind of get out points being accessible as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think just stressing it again is it's never black and white like there are an endless amount of reasons and instead of asking why didn't you leave and why didn't you break up with him we should try to examine what all the things that led up to them not being able to leave were and why they felt that they couldn't leave rather than blaming them and there's just there's so such a long way to go in terms of education on this and yeah I'm so glad you have Mm. told us your story and I think it like it really shows that it's not easy to recognize this kind of situation but if you like if you reach the point where you are able to the importance of being able to get out and working on yourself afterwards to be able to recognize all the things that happened and move past it in your life does anyone have any like closing thoughts i think yeah don't compare and then i think just look for the signs of what those things are when something is happening in your relationship look at your argument style look at how you resolve conflict and also really assess if you don't live with your partner, how do you feel when you when they're gone? How do you feel before you're going to see them? Yeah. And if you're living with them, think about how you feel day to day. How do you feel when you're going to bed? How do you feel when you wake up next to them? That kind of thing. Because it can be difficult when you're in their environment all the time. And I think just really assess any bad behavior on both from, from both of you every time if you do something shit if you had an argument look at both behaviors mm. and put names to what it is that you're doing so you can also recognize if you are in fact the abusive or toxic one because it can happen again i don't think i don't think he did it knowing or like he did it thinks thinking today i'm gonna wake up and be an asshole he didn't do that mm-hmm. it was those situations these things can just lead you to that place so i think yeah just assessing those and being honest with yourself about what it is you're doing and what they're doing helps yeah and no one wants to be abusive as well like my ex has turned around and been like i am so ashamed of the way that i treated you and that's never how i want to be and i wanted to like work on myself after that because that like no one wants to act that way and no one wants to hurt someone in that way unless you're a psychopath which is a completely different thing (laughs) so yeah I think that's that's very good advice I loved what you said about modifying your behavior and stuff I think that's like a really good tip and like way to sort of like tell that I'd never heard of before so like thank you so much for sharing Mm, that yeah Uh, that was my only (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you so much for telling your story as well and I hope maybe this helped someone maybe you learn new ways to kind of identify toxic behavior going forward or in the relationship that you're in now and know that if you are in this situation there's always someone to talk to but yeah you can reach out to us if you want to we're not therapists or professionals in any way but just if you want to talk about anything (laughs) Yeah, um, Yolanda, do you want to tell us where you can find you and where you can find Speak On? Yeah, um, so on Instagram, um, Speak On is Speak On with an underscore at the end. 
and um the podcast is on well wherever you listen to podcasts essentially anchor um spotify apple acast and for if you'd like to follow me i don't know why but if you really feel like you need to it's uh, a <laughs> y-o-k-i-c-s because my nickname is yoki um but yeah thank you so much for letting me be on and if i am on in the future trust me i'll keep it cheery we'll just talk about how much i love dicks or something <laughs> like honestly two favorite yeah. things in the world are dicks and malbec and i'm happy to talk about them all day long so <laughs> Yeah, I listened. I was listening to your podcast and you said that. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> but yeah, everyone definitely go check out Speak On and follow them on Instagram. And you can listen to the episode that we were on as well. So yeah. thank you so much for joining us. It's been great. Oh, wicked. Thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And if you did, then make sure that you follow us on Instagram at Sextress Podcast. You can also DM us or email us if you want at sexwispodcast at gmail.com. Uh, check out our website because you can send us stuff anonymously through there. That's just www.sextrispodcast.com. And leave us a review. Tell all your friends about us. Subscribe. And yeah. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Sextras, presented by Honey Jane Wyatt and Maria Jose Hayodatiyi, produced by Mabel Productions. Thanks.